Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. So happy that you are hanging out here with me today. You know, it's funny. I sometimes forget like all the stars that I've worked with in this business. Because, you know, my primary job is being a talk show host on The Score. I love being on The Score. I love the platform that it allows me. But throughout my career, like once I got on air, it opened doors for me to go work in a couple of different places. And one of those places was 120 Sports, which is now Stadium Sports. And when I think about the people that I worked with, like I worked with Tyler Fulgham, who's now crushing it on ESPN. Like That was my partner on the morning show. I worked with Laura Britt, who's killing it in San Francisco. I worked with Michael Kim. And I worked with Kevin Egan, who's my guest on this episode. This is one of those dudes that you knew he was going to be a star. And it was just a matter of, in what will he be a star at? Well, it could be any of his, his soccer analysis, because he's great. He loves the game, and his joy of soccer comes through every time he cracks a microphone. It could be in what are thought of as old-school American sports, because he knew that, too. I would have never guessed WWE. I would have never guessed it. But he is out here, and I see him, and every time, and you'll hear when you hear Kevin on the show, it's hard to not smile when he's around. He's a wonderful guy. He's so thoughtful. He does a great job of making you feel special when you're doing stuff with him. But I would have never guessed that it would be in the WWE. But I'm so happy that he found this. That he found this avenue and he found this lane to to go and hang out in. And and it's great. Like, it just, I get hyped up when people that I know and like succeed. And... Seeing him succeed on this level, people getting a chance to know who he is, really, really does my heart good. Because what you want is the people that you like, the people that you know are good people. You want to see them be given every opportunity to win at this game. And seeing Kevin be at this point in his career and win at this game is lovely. So I'm glad that if you don't know who he is, you can catch him on a lot of different platforms, okay? You'll sometimes see him on CNN. You'll hear him on SiriusXM FC. 
You'll hear him do an analysis for the MLS. You'll see him on WWE. He's in a lot of places. But he was nice enough to join me today on House of L, and I couldn't be happier. I don't know if you knew this, but my first radio show on the score was a wrestling show. What? Yeah. On Monday nights, me and Jonathan Hood, who's another great talk show host from Chicago, we used to come on after Raw, after Nitro, and we would talk about, we did two hours. We'd do 10 to midnight every Monday night after Raw and Nitro and talk about what happened. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is. It is. How are you doing, bud? Man, I'm doing great, and I'm so happy to, like, see you. And every time I see you pop up on television, I'm just like, we all knew that no, this dude. Didn't. Yes, we did. You can ask no, Kimmer. You can ask Tyler. You can ask, like, we all knew Kevin would be a star. But, see, the thing is, is I didn't know. Like, I was never thinking WWE. Like, <laughs> I was never thinking that. So how did it come about? Truthfully, I'm shaving one day. I'm getting ready to go on CNN. I built a little set in my basement. This is now December of 2020. Yeah, December of 2020. I'm 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 on air in like 25 minutes, and I get a phone call, and it's a New York, New York number, and it was a guy who I'd never spoken with before, and he he was in touch via my agent, but he was working with WWE. He's like, we're we're headhunting for a broadcast position, and so we're we're going to have several people come down and do auditions. Uh, no real detail on what the broadcast position will be, um, but they put me through a bunch of different roles. Anyway, I, I ran downstairs. I'm getting ready to go on the show. I said to my wife, I'm after getting a call off, you know, a guy headhunting for WWE and Vince McMahon. And, and would you like to be someone that's auditioned and come down and visit our, our uh, at the time, the WWE Thunderdome down in Tampa, Florida? And I jumped at it. Like, I, I'll be honest, Lawrence, I bet he, a, a month before this happened, I actually had one of these moments where I'm like, I need to stop having such tunnel vision. Like the goal for me was always host the Champions League or, you know, host the World Cup. And it's like, sometimes you don't know whether that's supposed to be your path. And not only that, it, it, it's when you have that tunnel vision, that single-minded focus, subconsciously, you don't even realize it, but you're batting away other opportunities that may come your way. And in the space of a few weird weeks after having that moment where I, I was chatting with my wife and I'm like, let's just broaden our horizons. Let's see where the world can take us. I got that call and I got a call two days before that about being in a movie that's out next month uh, with Kelsey Grammer. And uh, yeah, it's a soccer themed movie called High Expectations. And uh, that's out next month. So it, that was that was some good fun, too. I was a soccer broadcaster in the movie. So it was one of those real life lessons for me that just see where this world can bring you and, and be open to it and listen to what people have to say and uh, give it a go. So I went down to the audition and absolutely loved every second of it, every single second of it from meeting my, my now boss, who's the face and voice of SmackDown, Michael Cole to, you know, meeting the likes of Seamus who's from Dublin and, and several others and just being put through the ringer that day, like jumping on commentary with Corey Graves, doing some walk and talk uh, type stuff, some interviews with um, with some of the WWE superstars like Liv Morgan. I remember having to have a chat with that day. And then I left wanting the job, really wanting the job. Um, and luckily enough, I got a call to say you got it. How hard was it for you to change your focus? Because look, I know you as the soccer guy. I know you as the guy. And that's what I'm saying. We all figured... We were going to see you on a set 
working for Sky Sports or covering the Champions League. And so when I see you at WWE, I'm like, yo, like he, my man did it. Like he really did the thing. So how hard was it for you to change your mindset to say, I am going to allow the universe to guide me a little bit? Yeah, it was difficult because you tell yourself that. But then you have to kind of hold on as the roller coaster takes off and realize that you're doing this. Like there's no going back now. You're doing it. And I was so excited to do it, but I was so nervous. Like the first production meeting, even walking in and knowing a lot of the people there, like former, former wrestlers, like former superstars that are now producers, things like that. And you're walking to a production meeting with Mr. McMahon, the chairman, and you are someone who they could ask a question of at any moment, but you're also keeping the head down. You're trying to just be respectful of everybody and, and, and do the job, learn your craft and that for me was was a scary opening few weeks, but it was also incredibly fun. I don't know if you know, like a guy like R-Truth, for example, or guys that are, are, are have been part of WWE for so long that I got a chance to work with in early days hosting the show called Raw Talk. And I just had immense fun. You know, my, my thing is, I'm from a different world. I'm from the outside world. I'm not I'm not from the WWE fan base of, 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 you know, I was not watching each and every week when I was a kid. Sure, I was engrossed in the conversations like all of us were during, say, the Attitude Era when, when The Rock and Stone Cold were just dominating everywhere. And, and of course, you're part of those conversations in school. And even going back to when I was a young kid, for some reason, I was a fan of Jake the Snake. Maybe it was just the name, but when I was a little kid, that was the one that would pop up. However... I wasn't your, your classic fan that got the job, the dream job that they had always wanted. I got a job and I got an opportunity because what I was told at least, and I think this was the case that I, I, I my broadcasting career so far has been, has been somewhat versatile and they wanted someone who could jump in and do play by play, do hosting, do uh, backstage interviews and be self-deprecating, like have, have fun with it too. And, and don't be that serious reporter all the time. You can, like I was dressed up in a toga last week for Monday Night Raw. I was at the RK Broga party and I loved every second of it too, you know? What was it like the first time that you walked out to a full crowd at a WWE show? What's that heat like? It's intense, but it's brilliant because they're all, everyone's so happy to be there and they're buzzing and, and they're vocal, you know? The, the most intimidating moment for me was probably my first time inside the ring. And I had to approach Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion right now, and I had to approach her for an interview post. At, she had been attacked in the ring and I had to walk up and essentially get her reaction. And I'm not just in front of the 20,000 people inside the arena. I'm in front of millions around the world as well. So you're cognizant of the cameras. You're, you're cognizant of your body shape and everything else, but also getting the message across to Charlotte. And so it went well. It was such a buzz. I mean, there's, there's nothing else like it from my experience in this life so far. That, that experience of being inside a WWE ring with some of the most intimidating figures that I've ever seen in my life staring you down. And in that moment, they're not happy you're there. You know, so so it's it's fun, but it's also just incredibly exhilarating. Have you had a moment of being in front of a WWE superstar? Maybe it is Vince McMahon like and you're like, oh, my God, I'm standing in front of blank. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. The chairman of the company, Vince McMahon, for sure. Um, elsewhere, you know, meeting you name it, like meeting Undertaker. Like, it's just so cool, you know, to 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 meeting John Cena when, when he was back over the summer. Now, you know, I had an interview a few weeks ago with Brock Lesnar and you're just, 
having a conversation with someone like that briefly, Roman Reigns right now, I think is, is a genius. Roman Reigns, for example, is absolutely incredible. I, I have tremendous respect for all of them. Was there a wow moment? Probably, probably several times. Like John Cena for me is just incredibly cool, great actor. Um, and he's quite an inspiration. So meeting him was a brilliant experience. It's, it's, I'm taking it all in. Believe me, Lawrence, I'm learning so much every single week. I can imagine that you're learning a ton and you're around some of the, the, the biggest names in, in sports entertainment. When it comes to your accent, like we always love when you would come on because it would bring some class to, to the shows that no, we were doing over at 120 Sports. <laughs> I, I love that. Did you think that you would be able to win the job? Like you said, I found out that I wanted the job. Did you think that you being an, an outsider that you really had a chance for it? One thing I've never lacked is self-confidence, and that's the truth. I, I always feel that, you know, I'm, I'm not the smartest in the room, never will be. I was never a good student in school. You know, I was always bang average. <laughs> and, and it put me in a situation where I get to shake someone's hand and meet someone and I'll back myself. And I think in that situation, when you realize that WWE is one big family and what they want is they want someone to come in and absolutely do their job, respect the industry, respect the business, respect the superstars, respect the production, be on time, learn. Like if someone tells you, don't do this again, don't do it again. Um, you won't catch me on social media much when I'm at work. Things like that, that I think may fall through the cracks for others. Some people may see an opportunity and, you know, they're filming something on Instagram and a boss could see that and be like, what are you doing? You know, and, and there's, there's a lot goes into this business. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I feel incredibly grateful. I feel at a time when the pandemic has hit home, I didn't work for seven months. My wife wasn't working because she was pregnant and we just had a baby and we just moved home. So she wasn't working either. And it really, really hit us. And then some opportunities came out of nowhere. And I'm just so grateful for that. I feel very lucky because I understand a lot of people are in tough positions right now. And to, for a job like this to come about, it is a dream job in many ways. For me to be a football commentator, soccer commentator and a soccer host, while also being able to be backstage correspondent and a host for WWE, I'm just, I'm in dreamland right now. Yeah, to literally be in front of millions of people every week. That, that it, It's not that we don't have that on our other platforms, whether it's over the top or television, but there's something about like being a part of a national broadcast like what WWE has that is, is beyond what we do in our everyday lives working in sports. Yeah. And you feel it too. It feels big. Uh, you know what I mean by that, right? Like it just feels big. You feel the pressure. You understand that when, when, when that, when those, you know, pyros go off and the big bangs and, uh, you know, a superstar walks out and you're live and you're commentating or you're in the ring or you're backstage and you get the 10 seconds to you, you know, that the, the leg starts to shake a little bit or, or the, you know, you start you get the to butterflies. Go, okay, here we go. And it's that big feel. And that's just, you know, it's all I've craved, like over, over the pandemic, when I was doing some work uh, prior or post uh, that seven month period I talked about, a lot of it was just green screens from the basement. And it's hard to feel really inspired when you're doing that at midnight, you know, you're waiting for scores to roll through and you're putting together, a, whether it's a highlight show or an analytical show, and it's green screen stuff from a basement. Whereas this is that you can see the reaction of, you don't see the reaction of those millions of people watching at home. They could absolutely hate you. They could love you. I don't know but you see the reactions 
inside the arena. You see the reaction to the superstars and those in the front row. So it's daunting, but it's fun. I love it. I love every second of it so far. When did you fall in love with soccer? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I was probably still in diapers. I can imagine. I mean, the because the, the way that you talk about the game, and when we started working together, I was probably midway through my voyage of being someone that covered football, American football, to learning to love soccer. And now yeah. I'm there. You know, I joke with you all the time about my my horrible feelings about Arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm now there when it comes to having a team, loving the game, appreciating the game. But for a long time. And there's still an uphill battle, I think, in America. It's it's getting better. Like people are are picking their EPL team. They they have their MLS team. They they care about the national team. Well, can, I, can I can I can I jump in? Sure. I think that's part of the problem with the game that we love now. Like to be honest with you, in this country, there is an issue with the fact that there's such great coverage of so many leagues, and that sounds ridiculous to say. But but hear me out, NFL. 100% of the pie, NHL, MLB, NBA, you have 100% of the pie of the greatest property in the world. With soccer, all of a sudden, you've got, you know, a network like, say, NBC have the Premier League, right? The Premier League are probably competing for 30, 35, 40% of that pie, the entire pie. You've got the Champions League now on CBS competing for a big slice. Those do cross over now. Yesterday, NBC are on air with Premier League games, like Liverpool are on yesterday. While the Champions League are on and Chelsea are, you know, are playing or or Manchester United are playing yesterday against Atletico Madrid. That's a that's a problem for the game in a in a way. It's a good thing too. However, you have the tribalism for, for different leagues, you've got love for different leagues, you've got MLS fans who just will not cross over to anything else, you've got Premier League fans more so that will not cross over to support Major League Soccer. So the big issue here is that television generates a huge interest and, and it generates an awful lot of money for these leagues. And, and I just hope that the investment is there long term from, let's say, for example, a CBS. 
Paramount Plus recently spent an awful lot of money to take on the Serie A rights. They're doing a phenomenal job of covering the Italian league. Phenomenal. They're sending their their, their commentators over often on trips. Uh, the, the, the studio coverage, they've got the likes of Christian Vieri and certain class former Italian national team guys on their coverage. Their, their studio presence is brilliant. I love the guys they have covering the league. And I love everything about it. However, my big fear is that in a couple of years time, CBS executives are going to look at this and go, well, we're spending a lot of money on this, but what are our ratings like? And I, I don't know how much they're going to improve because while NFL has 100% of the pie and you've got your big game on a Monday night, for example, with soccer, you've got all these different leagues on at the same time and they're all competing for that slice of the pie and it's very tough. So is there a solution here in your mind? Know. Well, the solution would be the European Super League, which I hate. And that's the one thing that, you know, everybody came down on that. However, that would be the one thing that you'd say, okay, well, you'll have, you'll have all the top teams in the world in this one league and, 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 you know, one network's going to pay mega, mega, mega money for it. And everybody's going to watch it. However, that takes away from what is so special about the beautiful game. And, and that is that, that parochial, that local element to, um, you know, teams around the world and, and what, that what they mean to that area and, and what, what it means to play against, for example, uh, Manchester United to, to travel 30 minutes down the road and play against a Burnley, a tiny little club, you know, that have stayed in the Premier League. It's a great story. Uh, Abar, a great story in La Liga for so long. You get the likes of, you know, teams like Siena, Salernitana, for example, in, in Serie A. So I, soccer special for so many reasons. I just think in the U.S., that is the biggest challenge in my mind. Many people would give other challenges. I just, I just know that when there's so many leagues all competing at once and their games are on at the same time and they're all on different networks, they're each going to take away from each other. Therefore, the ratings will never, like when NBC released their ratings or Serie A released their ratings for on Paramount Plus, they're never going to be as high as what people will want. You know what's funny? I did a segment on my show today where I was talking about baseball. And I was talking about how baseball's in a lockout they're probably not going to start on time as you and I are recording this. And I kept thinking, like, where, where are my sports eyes going to go if baseball's not here? Like, I'm someone who grew up, I love baseball. It's my favorite thing. It's probably the same. My feeling for baseball is your same as soccer. And I was sitting there, and soccer didn't cross my mind. Like, I know that where I am on Saturdays and Sunday mornings, I'm, I'm up at 6 o'clock watching what's going on in the Premier League. But I didn't think about, like, the MLS as being something that has an opportunity. They sh- I'm trying to figure out how can they take advantage if baseball doesn't start on time of, of really getting a couple of eyes put on them. It's tough because you're still competing against other big leagues. However, you'd hope that by winning you over, for example, you're the perfect guy that over time soccer has 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 grown a place in your heart right and it's won you over to a certain extent so you'd hope that by flicking it on and you see maybe a Shakiri balling for Chicago that you'll go yeah you know what I need to go out to Soldier Field and go catch a game soon like that's a fun team to watch the MLS I'll say this the games are often wild the games are fun I love Major League Soccer I think Major League Soccer is a massive future a part of that is because of the financial security of the league that the owners backing it's unlike any other league in the world in that it's a single entity ownership like the NFL, for example. And with that comes security. Uh, there's players not being paid in South America, all over South America. Brazil is doing quite well financially with their league right now. But in Argentina, guys want to leave the clubs. Guys want to leave big clubs. And, and Major League Soccer is a destination. So you're getting 
an awful lot of top class players that can come to to the US and make sure that they're in nice cities and they're being paid and there's a lot to be said for that. And with that, then it percolates through and the quality on the pitch is better. MLS is also at a point where clubs are starting to really grow their identities. You've got a club like Toronto, for example, that take on big, big stars and they want bigger names. So they're taking uh, Lorenzo Insigne, who's an Italian national team player from Napoli to play for Toronto. He's joining in the summer. That's a massive signing, one of the best signings in league history. Whereas Atlanta United, where I'm based down here in Atlanta, their model is to go after the bright, young South American superstar, someone who's going to be a big, big name to try and get a guy like Tiago Almada, who was maybe the best player in the league over the past year or two from Argentina and bring him in. They spent $16 million on him and he may go and sign for an Arsenal or a Spurs or someone else in a couple of years time. And, and MLS is comfortable enough within its own skin right now to be that development league, if you like, for Europe for now until it continues to grow. And I think it will continue to grow, but it doesn't it doesn't take a year or two. It takes it takes a long, long time. So, and they'll still have that competition with the European leagues, which is always tough. So do you think that the international reputation of the MLS is going in the right direction? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. More and more people, the more people I speak with. I, I know myself, I started covering Major League Soccer, broadcasting it in 2012 was my first game with the Chicago Fire. And we did the game. The game was in Montreal. This will tell you everything about it. The match was in Montreal at the Olympic Stadium. We broadcasted the match from the NASCAR studios in Charlotte because it saved a book. That's where we were at then. Now I'm going to pack Mercedes-Benz Stadium with 70,000 people going to the games in Atlanta. The fan base in Atlanta is absolutely wild. Just a raucous atmosphere at a phenomenal stadium. Charlotte are coming through now. And already the opening game, they'll have 75,000 people at the opening game at their NFL stadium that, that they'll play the soccer at too. Um, it's not growing in markets like Chicago at the pace that it has in others, but part of that falls on the fire ownership over the past you know 15 years or so, because the fire got off to a great start and just let it dwindle. Um, it's getting there. It's going to take time, but I do believe in major league soccer long-term. Let me take Atlanta out of it. Where's a place in America that you love to go to watch soccer? There's there's lots like go to Portland because Portland, you can you can have that experience of having a beer in town, walking with your friends to the stadium. And the atmosphere is is up there amongst the very best in the whole league. Uh, they hosted MLS Cup and the atmosphere was incredible. New York City went and won there in Portland on penalties. Um, but Portland's just a great experience. The Seattle fan base, same deal. That's CenturyLink Field. They, they, they can walk from town. And that's always something I like because when the stadium's in the middle of nowhere, you know, it's you can have your tailgate and you can have all that. But when it's near town and you can have that experience of, of getting off a train and walking with your family or your friends to a game, that's that's just special. So that you have that in Atlanta, Portland, Seattle. Austin's a cool vibe. Matthew McConaughey's the, the owner there, and he's made sure that there's something special about Austin. Um, and there's lots of different, this is what I'm saying about identity, like the, 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 the culture up in Minnesota is incredible right now. The songs that they sing, um, the stadium, there's been five soccer-specific stadiums built in the last three or four years in Major League Soccer. Um, so I like the direction it's going. Yeah, it seems like Kansas City, like as yeah. a soccer city yeah. in America, has really grown into a thing. Yeah, up there, it's it's a bit off the beaten track, the stadium, though. In terms of stadium location, I, I, I do think it matters. And that's not the best, but the atmosphere and, and the, the playing surface there. Like, I, I don't like the AstroTurf. Atlanta has AstroTurf. Portland has AstroTurf. Give me natural grass. 
for the aesthetics of watching a game. The game is far more enjoyable to watch, I think. Um, the ball skips off the surface in a different way, much better for the players when it's natural grass. Internationally, what's a place that, it, as travel kind of loosens up over the next, hopefully, over the next six months, internationally, what's a place that you would say, if you really want to experience soccer, go here? For me, in my experience, Barcelona. Barcelona. And I was very fortunate. I, I covered La Liga for years with being sports, and I was sent several times to El Clasico, the meaning of Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, the best soccer rivalry in the world for me. I, I got to experience it at, at its very best when you've got the Messi against Ronaldo, you've got Neymar against Karim Benzema, you know, and, and, and Andres Iniesta on the field, Luka Modric. And those battles that I got to witness hosting from the sideline were just exceptional. The other thing about it is there's the unique feeling of these gladiators walking out onto the field as the opera plays. You know, like we're used to with sports here in this country and over in Ireland, it's the exact same way, like Franz Ferdinand playing and they're walking out, you know, this kind of pump up music. Over there, you do have Placido Domingo and you've, you'd have opera singers as these players walk slowly out onto the pitch and there's such a sensational feel about that. Um, it, it's, it's not so much like a drinking culture at all. You have your coffee beforehand and uh, you go enjoy a local breakfast and go watch a game. And it's just a real, true, authentic football feel. When you're not in Ireland, what do you miss about Ireland? Fun. The people. The crack, as we say. C-R-A-I-C. Not the other one. Um, I think... There's something special about the Irish humor and a self-deprecating way. The glass is always half full with, with my friends and family in Ireland. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's tough times. You can always find a place to sit and have a laugh and make fun of each other. If you're not, if, if you're not being made fun of, you're not loved. You, know, you better start worrying about yourself. That's kind of the vibe in, in Ireland. So I, I love home. I have not been home to Dublin since the Christmas of 2019-20, that New Year's there. And I popped into Ireland for an hour four days ago when I was coming back from Saudi Arabia with WWE, we stopped in Shannon and uh, the, the, the boss jumped up and he said, look, you're allowed out for an hour. So we went outside. It was 6 a.m. and the bar was open. And I said, guys, whoever wants a Guinness, I'm buying because this is my country. You know, I want you. And so we like we like 10 of us and we had a, we had a couple of pints of Guinness and we just had such a laugh for that one hour being back. Um, man, I love I love Ireland, but I also just love the US. And I've, lo I've been so fortunate to live in Chicago, Miami, Atlanta. And people often ask, what's your favorite city? And I, I, I don't ever like to answer that because I love, love, love Chicago. My family, my brother's in Chicago in Roscoe Village. My grandmother just passed away in Chicago uh, a couple of months ago, and she, she was on Addison and Damon. So it's just a, such a special place. And Miami was just after we married. So we, we moved there and had a few years pre-children in south florida which was epic and now we love the area we're in atlanta what do you think your experience is someone who who grew up in ireland and now lives in america what what do you think are the lessons from your experience i think i was always quite american as a kid growing up in ireland because my mother's from chicago so i'd often you know get slagged again it's all full of love about like i my mom say things like diapers. So I might say that every now and then, or she'd say, you know, you're taking out the trash and then it might slip for me as opposed to saying the bin, even though my son now says the bins, um, you know, th things like that. What are the lessons? I think, I think I love to think that I, uh, I, I can try and at times take the best of both 
and that is the self-deprecation of the Irish, the hopefully, hopefully a humble nature that, you know, when someone says to you, oh, nice top, you know, I'd be the first to say, oh, it was $4.99, bought it in you know, TK Maxx, like that sort of way, rather than thinking I'm some sort of big shot, because in Ireland, if you think you're a big shot, you'll be, you'll be pummeled back down to earth pretty quickly. Um, but yet the American side of me will be the, the dreamer, quite honestly, the, 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 the side of me that would say that, why not me? Anything's possible. And you may as well go for something and be rejected rather than not go for it at all. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, I hang out with your cousin, Kyle, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, nice. we, we're actually working on a project together right now, which is really, right. really exciting. And um, I would describe him similarly as far as, like, a dreamer. Like, and yeah. I think that's good. I, I think we lose sight sometimes of, like, those things. Like, that's why I'm so impressed by what you said about taking, taking yourself and saying, look, I can allow, I can follow the river on this one i don't i don't have to go with what my self-made plans were for what my future was and you seem like you've really embraced that type of for lack of a better term chaos correct it is yeah it's not it's not it's it's been okay with not having a plan like the whole thing of where do you want to be in five years i don't know (laughs) i have no idea but you know what i'm gonna trust my gut and I'm going to trust my wife's gut and we're going to roll with the punches and we're just going to see where it takes us. Because I think if you've got that five-year plan again, you could be batting that stuff away subconsciously without even realizing it. And uh, I, don't, I don't really want to do that anymore. I used to do that. I think having a, a goal and, and having a purpose for sure, that's, that's crucial for absolutely anybody. But don't be so focused on that one thing because sometimes, and this is the truth in television and in radio, when you're going for that big hosting role, a network may look at it like you're going out for, let's say you're going out for dinner. And in your mind, you've got your full focus is on sushi. All right. You just want sushi. You've got this restaurant in mind. You've booked the reservation and you're going to have the best sashimi you've ever had in your life. And on the way there, you know, the, the, the greatest burger restaurant, there's a guy outside and he's like, you got to come in and have it, but you're going for sushi. doesn't matter what he says. You're walking to the sushi restaurant. And the truth is in our business, you could do not, you could have the best performance. You could have the best audition. You could look your best, your best, but maybe that's not what the network wants. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. Sometimes they'll want to go in a different direction and there's nothing you can do about that. So controlling the controllables means for me that you're responsible for 100% of your response to that. And whether that means picking yourself up and saying, right, it is what it is. Let's go. Where are we going next? Rather than sulking. Well, then that has to be done. I wanted to thank you, one, for doing my podcast, and two, allowing me to know that I was on the right path in starting to love soccer. Because I picked up on your enthusiasm when we would do segments together, and I'm like, man, this guy loves it. <laughs> and, and, and it drove me to love it more. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, of course. No, thank you. Thank you for that compliment. It's a, it's a game that I think is infectious. It's a, it's a, it's a global game. You know, you, you look at, I'm in Saudi Arabia last week and I'm driving on a bus and I see this, just this big patch of sand on the side of the road. And what do I see are two man-made goals in the middle of, in the middle of this patch, that's clearly a football pitch. And I just thought to myself, isn't that beautiful? That like, there's not a lot of money where that, where that place was that we were driving by, yet it doesn't matter. You can put down two T-shirts on the ground and there's your soccer goal. And that's why it's a global game, uh, because anybody can play it. You can make, a, you can make a football out of tinfoil, you know? 
um, you can you can make it out of anything. So it's just you don't need all the pads, all the protective gear. You don't need the the you know the stick and the puck and everything. It's just a ball, and you can go kick it with your friends. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you uh, giving my podcast some of your time. You're serious. Thank you. It's an honor to be on with you. Please, anytime. See what I mean about that dude? Like, that dude is, he's money in the bank, you know? Like, like I said, I, I it's so weird, man. I get so hyped when I see people that I know are good people go hard and succeed on something. Like, seeing Kevin be on TV, seeing Layla at the Olympics, man. Like, that was, man, it's just baller. It's just baller. Seeing... Seeing people who were PAs when I was at 120 Sports and seeing them succeed. Like, shout out to my man, Michael Bowling. I think it's something that we, in, in any industry, like, we should be looking to do this. I'm a, a big believer in lift as you climb. But, man, there's a joy. There's a, there's a joy that I get when I see one of my people succeed. And it's wonderful. It's really wonderful to see Kevin succeed and see that he's growing. I love the lesson in there. I love the lesson of you may think that you have everything planned out. And trust me, I am as guilty as anyone. And the idea of allowing allowing some space for the river to take you in another direction, it takes a lot of courage a ton of courage. And this is someone who like he's the the change from being in Dublin to being in Chicago to being in Atlanta. Man, that's crazy. But that courage that it takes to set out and embark on a, a new adventure is pretty amazing. And I'm glad that I know him. I'm glad to consider that guy a friend and a colleague. He's good people. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. So we done, man. We done. But be listening for Sports Adjacent. They'll have another episode out coming out on Wednesday night. That's how we do it with Sports Adjacent. I'll have some thoughts on the Bulls as well. I appreciate your support through everything. The the growth of this podcast. I really appreciate how much you all ride for me and how Savelle Please continue to do that. We will talk to you next time. Peace. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.